0: Why not my sister Esther or my cousin Leah? Why me? I asked myself that question many times in the early days. I suppose at first I wasn't really sure what was going on, but in time I didn't need answers. For the more answers I got, the more questions I had. Well, I suppose that's what faith is about in many ways. It started off like any other day up with the sunrise, carrying the water, grinding the flour to make the bread and in the middle of the sweeping the floor a blinding light appeared and then the light spoke. It said, Greetings, favoured one. The Lord is with you. Well, I had no idea what was going on. In fact, I was scared stiff and looked around to see if there was someone I could shout on to help me. The light spoke again. It said, ''Don't be afraid, for you have found favour with God.'' How did the light know I was afraid? Was I trembling visibly? Hmm. Or maybe I was three shades of white? I was cowering in the corner, shading my eyes when I glanced up again and saw that it was a man speaking to me. But not any man I'd ever seen before. And I knew, don't ask me how I knew, I just did. I knew that this was a messenger from God, an angel. I lay flat on my face as a sign of respect and I paid attention to what he said. He told me that I was not to be afraid, so I wasn't. And he went on to tell me that I had pleased God, me, and nobody, with nothing to call my own, and not even married yet. And then he told me that I was going to have a son, and that I was to name him Jesus. Jesus? Immediately I thought, that's not a family name, and my father would be so annoyed that my baby wasn't being named in the traditional way. Funny what goes through our mind in a crisis, eh? Then the angel told me that my son would receive the throne of David, our beloved king, and he would reign over the house of Jacob forever. I didn't understand how all this could be possible because I was very young and although I was engaged to Joseph, well, we have not had our wedding night. It made no sense to me that I would be with child. So the angel explained to me, That the power of God would overshadow me, and therefore the child would be born holy, and he would be called Son of God. It gets better. For then the angel told me that my elderly cousin Elizabeth was six months pregnant. He must have read my mind, because then he said, For nothing will be impossible with God. I was pinching myself to make sure this wasn't a dream and when I felt the skin in my arms sting, I knew it was real. So I sat and had a good conversation with myself. Was I honestly willing to receive the favour of God? And what about Joseph? He would think I'd been unfaithful to him. And what if my parents disowned me? Then I called to mind the stories I'd been taught from childhood about the faithfulness of our God and following further careful consideration I did the only thing I could do and said Here am I, the servant of the Lord Let it be with me according to your word And I meant every word of it for if I was going to be pregnant it was going to have to be the work of God And I was really going to need God's help. When I looked up again, the angel had disappeared. I took a couple of deep breaths and went off to find my parents. I didn't tell them I was pregnant, but I did tell them Elizabeth was and that I had to see her. Maybe she could help me with this pregnancy. Maybe I could pluck up the courage upon my return to tell my folks. I mean, it wasn't obvious that I was carrying a child at this point. So I could leave immediately and spare them the usual nasty gossip reserved for careless women like me. When I told them that I needed to visit Elizabeth, they were surprised. We don't travel much unless it's to go to the temple in Jerusalem to make sacrifices. And that is a huge undertaking. And when we visit family, we go as a family for their safety and numbers. You see, Elizabeth and Zechariah live in the hill country and there are bandits and robbers all over the place. So my parents were very concerned at my request. But, you know, better them concerned and anxious than shamed. So I left the same day and started out walking north. On the journey, nobody troubled me. No robbers or bandits or anyone else for that matter. And in a few days I was at Elizabeth's home. As I arrived at their house I called out a blessing on Elizabeth, Zechariah and the baby soon to be born. Elizabeth came rushing towards me, hugging me. And her eyes were shining with unshed tears. And she began to shout out blessings on me. I'd never experienced anything like it before. When she told me that her son had leapt in her womb at the sound of my voice I knew that the angel was real and his message was true. It was wonderful and weird all at the same time. I was so moved by Elizabeth's blessing that I began to speak and you know it was the most I had ever said in my whole life because I am just a young woman And my voice is nothing. The visit of the angel to Mary invites us to suspend our analytical skills momentarily and return to the days of our childhood when we allowed our imaginations to run wild and free. The idea of an angel appearing to someone, let alone a humble girl in the ancient Near East, is ridiculous for us to believe. But it's not impossible. I have wondered what the angel looked like. I have wondered whether anyone else saw the angel or heard his voice. I have wondered why Mary was chosen over other women to be the bearer of Christ. And I have wondered why Mary accepted her fate. I have concluded that the only way to experience the Christmas story is in a state of wonder. You see... Our intellect as adults can't cope with the possibilities this story affords. We often hear it said that Christmas is for the children, and that is true, because children know what it is to wonder, what it is to be filled with possibilities, to live in their imaginations and to think the most incredible things. But listen, that is the way God wants us to be. That is the only way to really get the Christmas story. Mary, a humble young woman with no rights and no voice, was chosen by God to bring the light of the world into our midst. Why her? Why not her? Remember what the angel said. For with God, nothing is impossible. Today... I dare you to switch off that part of your brain that doubts miracles. The part that is weary and cynical. The part that is wounded and hurting. The adult part that worries about presents and food and getting things just right. And try for a moment to experience this story as a five-year-old child. For... If God approves of a teenage girl to carry his beloved son, maybe God approves of you and I carrying his beloved son's message. If God trusts a voiceless girl to sing out the liberation of God's good news, maybe God trusts us to sing out that same good news. If God sees the worth of a humble girl, maybe God sees the worth of the likes of you and I and invites us to see that worth in others. This story is for adults as well as children. Of course it is. But it's what we do with the story that matters. It's how we respond to the story that counts. Amen.